Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Yeah, Aaron Hampton, a uh, one-time Texas commit. He's been committed to Baylor as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the 24-7 sports crystal ball is trending heavily in favor of Longhorns. Uh, Mike Roach has the most recent pick entered on July 3rd. Uh, that in favor of Longhorns. Brian Christopherson of our Nebraska site entered one on – actually, Chris Brian has the most recent one on the 6th, which was that yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday at 11.02 a.m., a little more than 24 hours ago, uh, he put in a 24-7 sports crystal ball prediction in, in favor of the Longhorns. So it seems like he'll be rejoining the Longhorns class. I asked you during the break, you know, the number of guys who have committed and then – decommitted and recommitted to school, the same school. It's got to be pretty small sample size, and you just came up with John Byrne. The, the, he's the, off the top of my head, he's the one that I can think of because he almost went to Auburn but then ended up back in the Texas class. Like, yeah, I, I think John Burt's probably the one guy that I can really think of that decommitted. You can, if you so choose, you can go down the Brew McCoy rabbit hole. If you do, yeah. you're, you're a better person than I am. Uh, <laughs> I dude, that's one of those deals. Like when you, it's it's like uh, you know, event some certain events in life that people who live through it, they're like, ah, I really don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, I'd really rather not relive the uh, McCoy saga. A couple of weeks, the two different couple week periods of the Brew McCoy saga. But yeah, uh, John Burt. I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting, but John Burt would be the one that I can really think about that would. Qualify for what you're talking about, Cam. Uh, Specs text line still. You have something else, Cam? Just gonna more on Aaron Hampton. He was a guy I believe he committed originally as a defensive back for Texas, and then his senior season or his junior season, he wanted to play more wideout. I believe this past year, uh, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, does he count? I mean, because he transferred uh, back in. I guess uh, kind of like a little bit of a loophole. Yeah, if you want to get, if you want to get technical. Well, I mean, I guess if I count Brew McCoy, I guess I got to count Quinn, right? Yeah, I just kind of, you know. Okay. But what Cam's talking about is, is pretty rare that a high school recruit decommits from somewhere and then in that same cycle ends up back at one of the schools yeah. they were initially committed to. But yeah. Hampton recruited by Blake Gideon. He he has met with Chris Jackson, the new wide receivers coach. So, I don't I don't know how much you've dived into to his tape, Jeff, but do you see him playing Receiver more or DB more at Texas? It I, seems like he wants to play receiver more. I think, yeah, I think it's probably an either or. I mean, I think for Texas, the more pressing need would be corner. But I think he's a, he's a kid that, you know, if you get Corey on Gibson and there's a couple other kids that Texas is after, uh, depending on how the board fills out and, and, again, what the depth chart looks like down the road, he could be an either or type guy. If he does choose Texas, he'll be the 13th commitment for Sark's 2024 class. Uh, they'll probably jump up to 27 in the Horns 247 composite rankings. Actually, you probably know more about that than I do, Jeff. If but. you can filibuster for a second, I'll do class calculator, and I yeah, can give you a really good estimate. Texas 28, but 
Aaron Hampton, he'll be committing, I believe, at noon today, probably off his Twitter page. I know Hayes Fawcett, who does a lot of graphics, he'll be up. But there's a lot more, uh, a lot of other Texas commits possibly in the future. I know I think Kobe Black is one that a lot of people have their eyes on uh, after a really good last weekend for Texas that included four commits over July 4th weekend. But Hampton looking to continue the momentum for Texas uh, if he does commit. With Aaron yeah. Hampton, that takes Texas in the 24-7 sports team rankings. That would take Texas composite score to 213.6, okay. which would move them ahead of Miami into seven, uh, 16, 17th. 17th yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. be 17th. Top 20. Not mm-hmm. bad. Ahead of Alabama. Yeah. But Those who are wondering why Texas wasn't as high How as, come Nick Saban ain't getting yeah. no recruits, Cam? Fire him. Slacking on the recruiting trail. I sound like a Texas basketball fan in the second week of April. Yeah, now a complete <laughs> Texas basketball roster. Just tell man, just just. Uh, but I don't, I don't hear about it as much from Texas football fans. I think they understand how Sark operates. Yeah, certain way they want to do things, and they've done it right. You have your initial board, what it looks like. Your priority guys. Oftentimes those don't change. Sometimes maybe they will. You go through spring ball, then you get out on on uh, on the road during the evaluation period. You get through camps, maybe to eval some guys. And by the time you get through the official visits in the summer, then you've got a pretty good idea of what your numbers look like, what your board's going to look like in the fall, targets, guys you need to see again, guys that you uh, you know maybe you need to follow, whatever the case is. There's a certain way Sark and company want to work it. And they've done a really good job at maximizing scholarships. Nobody. Not Nick Saban, not Ryan Day, not Urban Meyer or Mac Brown back in the day, not Dabo Swinney. Nobody bats a thousand in yeah. recruiting. But if you're, you know, batting five hundred to six hundred, then you're probably getting to the point where you're putting together a roster that can go help you compete at a really high level. How do you think the next month plays out for Texas recruiting? You think it'll be a little bit slower? Should be a little bit slower, but I think you're getting to the point though where some guys want to get their decisions done before the fall. Mm-hmm. I think this is where guys start to make that decision. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm going to go ahead and do it now, just so I can have that pressure off going into your senior year. Then you'll have some guys decide. You know what? I'm not ready. I'm I want to go ahead and take a couple more visits, so I'm going to push it back and I'll I'll commit when I'm ready to commit. It seems like that's going to be like the Colin Simmons. Micah Hudson, Ryan Wingo types, where they're kind of taking their time. Yeah, and, and Micah Hudson, Micah uh, Hudson was supposed to yeah. commit a couple of weeks ago and didn't. And that's good for Texas. So, gotta be feeling good if you're a Texas fan um, about that commitment. I'm still not very optimistic on yeah, that one. But, but you think he would already committed by now for sure? I but. mean, he was supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> like he uh, had the video ready to go and everything, from what I was told, mm. and. It's like it's going to happen at some point Sunday, and you're kind of waiting and waiting, waiting and waiting, and then Sunday turns into Sunday night, which turns into Monday, and then you're like, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. And I think I think he's been – Micah Hudson's been quiet for the most part since then, since his, offic- his official visits to Texas and to, uh, to Texas Tech. So uh, if you missed it yesterday, we covered the big Texas basketball news. We've already talked Texas and the MLB draft. We'll see over the course of, of the draft. What happens with? I mean, obviously, we talked about Travis Cora, Nick Saunders, uh, you know, Gasparino, the, the the three high school recruits that figure if if there are uh, if there are going to be high school signees that go early early enough to make a difference, it's going to be those those three guys. As far as guys on the current team, yeah, Tanner Witt, 
LBJ, LBJ, Dylan Campbell, Lucas Gordon, uh, the guys that have those guys that have remaining eligibility. Uh, you know, and you start thinking about it, like a guy like Porter Brown participated in Senior Day. He's graduated, and what does Porter Brown decide to do? Um, thought there was more like a Zane Morehouse is a guy that could Zane Morehouse just with his tools could he draw interest? You know, after the tenth round, once your your bonus pool money is done, and then you're signing guys for for pennies on the dollar at that point, would that be enough to entice Zane Morehouse, a guy like Zane Morehouse? I don't know. We'd see, we'll see, but uh, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I, I just think your baseballs get to the point where basketball has been for about a decade. It's a year-to-year proposition building a roster in college baseball. I just think that's that's just the natural state of it. And I, and I don't know if that's going to change people's opinions on are you re, are you in a rebuilding state? Are you rebuilding every year? I mean, in a sense, everybody kind of is. I mean, LSU, Jay Johnson's going to yeah. you got to replace schemes, and and you can't replace schemes and crews. I don't care how good a talent there is in the portal or in your high school class, you can't just go replace Tommy White, Skeens, and, and Cruz. Well, well, Tommy Tanks gets another year. He's back for another year. Is he gonna, where do you think he would get drafted? I feel like with his power, he would go not Melendez type. I don't but, think Tommy Tanks is a draft-eligible sophomore. Oh, that's right, because he, he didn't play his, his freshman year, right? Uh, let's see. Is he a no, red he shirt was, coming in? Um, and NC State? I'm trying to look. Hold on just a sec. Uh... He's only played two years. Tommy so. White's not eligible yeah, until 2024. Correct. Yeah, so never mind. So they're bringing back at least Tommy White. Yeah, he was a true freshman at, at NC State yeah, last season, 2022. So there you have it, uh, a little Texas football. Well, actually, you know what? Before we wrap it up, let's let's go ahead and get to the uh, to the Specs text line, 337-3776. Cam, won't you one more time re-rack that question that you asked me in the first hour that led to our first hour Longhorn football discussion. As a Texas fan, are you happy the Longhorns being ranked number one in the Big 12 media preseason poll? All right. As I wade through the responses of Cam, people that wanted to give your buddy some advice, uh, we left it off of one of the, the – we were talking about this in the first hour, and this is kind of where the, the, lad, the text I was reading where it left off. Cam, you read this one. The Big 12 media has a good grasp of where Texas stands over the years. They have placed Texas pretty much where they finished. Uh, this should be seen as a good thing. Text, next texter says, I long for the days when I'm not disappointed in a projected great season by mid-October. But see, that's there are some years where that has been the case. Like 2019 was one of those years. 2020 was another one of those years. But, I mean, there's been some years, like I mentioned 2015, if you were expecting a great year out of that team, that's that's on you. That's on you for having unrealistic expectations. Uh, just some years just haven't been good for this roster. The roster hasn't been set up like that. Uh, Texas absolutely has no reason not to win the Big Twelve, but every year they should. Uh, every year they should win. They have the best players, the best facilities, and the best coaches, and haven't done it in years. I would disagree with that. There's been plenty of years where Texas didn't have the best of those things. Obviously, didn't have the best coaches, didn't have the best facilities. Cam, before they started this renovation project of, of what now we see of the Moncrief complex and that south end zone, people didn't believe me. Iowa State had better football facilities in Texas. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument Kansas had better football facilities in Texas. It's just the way it was. That's how far behind Texas had fallen. And I remember talking to, to Yancey McKnight and Tom Herman about it. I mean, they, you know, Yancey McKnight agreed with me that Iowa State had better facilities. He's like, yeah, I mean, I helped design that weight room that's there when I was a strength coach. Like, they, 
they do have a better facility than, than we us. Do. Yeah. So which should, which should never happen. No, it should never, never happen. happen. But you know, complacency is the 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 root of all that's wrong in sports. Man, you get complacent. That's that's what Nick Saban fights against every day. Man, it's complacency and entitlement, and you just rest on your laurels too long, and and people pass you. I'm ready to see what mentally the responses are from the guys because we're going to have Sark next week. The Big Twelve Media Days. Quinn, Xavier, Jalen Ford, Jay Witt, Jade Barron. They're going to be asked about that number one ranking, right? Mm-hmm, First sure. time since 09. I'm curious to see what their responses are, where they're at mentally with this ranking, how much of it is going to be the typical, you know, uh, we don't we don't really pay attention to that, you know. But, I mean, the question will be asked, like, do you have something to prove being ranked number one? And, I mean, I feel like Texas has had something to prove the last 13 years, Jeff. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, this texter says, Jeff, you said on Longhorn Blitz, and I couldn't agree more. That Kansas game this year scares me. That's that's one game I've got circled, man. I just I don't feel good about that. Not that I'm thinking Texas will lose, but I think that could be a game that's a lot closer than whatever the odds are. I, whatever it is, I'd, I'd take a Kansas cover if I'm so inclined to look at unit plays and whatnot. Happy LePew, Cam, text in when you were talking about Tom Herman. Said uh, Tom Herman actually won a Sugar Bowl, so he did win something at Texas. Yeah, I'm, but we're talking about winning before, right? It was in the, the context of the argument. Yeah. And also, I mean, Herman got there against a Georgia team that, you know, I'm sorry, they weren't that into it. You think they missed Jordan Davis that day? A little bit. They missed a lot of guys that day. And also, Texas was only in there because Oklahoma made the college football playoff. Texas realistically was a Alma Bowl team that year. They had they had four losses. I was thinking, I mean, it, it was good to get 10 wins and finish in the top 10, but I remember... Yeah, well, also, it, look how they followed up the next year, Jeff. Yeah, but I remember being in the locker room after the Big 12 championship game and just walking around talking to guys and thinking, man, this team last week was 9-3, and three, and, you know, your top 10, top 15 team, and lose this game, you can go to the Sugar Bowl and lose, and whoever, whoever the we didn't know who the SEC opponent was going to be at that point. It's like, man, you, you could be nine and five, and is that really? It's progress, but it's not the kind of progress you hoped it would be. I just think we saw that number, and I'm I'm as guilty of it as anybody. You saw that number, man. You got that tenth win. You got the double digit wins, and you finished in the top ten in the AP poll, and. I was one of the people that got drunk on that all off season, all off season. You brought in Tom Herman because what his ability to beat Oklahoma at Houston. He beat Oklahoma once. Well, his, at Texas. there was something about you know the favored son returning, and he was yeah. he got his masters at Texas and got his first you know big break with Mac, and there was the poll. There was kind of something something poetic about it maybe and as the specs text line pointed out like what did mac brown win before coming to texas couldn't beat florida state exactly couldn't beat bobby bowden and he won a national title right jeff so i think the argument that way hasn't done anything before he got there i don't know that this is all in reference to sark with somebody texting this says sark hasn't won anything yet but you got to look too you got to look at circumstances right sark took over a washington program that was zero and 12 they didn't win a single game in the pack 10 we were Ofer, Ofer a season the year before he got there. They won five games his first year. They got to a bowl game and beat Nebraska his second year. Um, now you can say they didn't they didn't go on the upward trajectory that a lot of people thought they might at that point, but at least he got that program. He, Sark made the Washington job 
good enough to where Chris Peterson left Boise to take the Washington job. That's how much playoff with his players. That's how much work. Yeah, that's how much work Sark had done at that point with Washington and at USC. Never really didn't because of his personal issues that he's he's talked about and that have been well documented. We don't know what he would have done at SC if everything would have would have fallen the right way. And he took over a USC program that was pretty similar to what Texas was at. Coming off probation though with Lane Kiffin, but they were getting off of sanctions and then they were starting to get starting to get the house in order again. And the way Sark can recruit, I mean, that who knows what it could have been at that point. And it feels like the house is in order at Texas, but bottom line is with this preseason poll being ranked number one, you gotta win. You yep. got you gotta win. You gotta make it to Arlington. You probably got to get ten wins this year. That's, Bevo, that's the bar yeah. for Sark this year. Bevo Lynch Jason says Texas goes nine and three or ten and two this season. The BBs are getting back in the box. 